Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. All right, well, it's an honor today to be speaking with Sammy Reyes, and we're here on the campus of Advent Health University at, during the uh, Adventist Forum Spectrum Conference. Uh, welcome to uh, Adventist Voices. Absolutely. It's so good to be here, Alex. Well, we heard you present um, the Sabbath morning on a really provocative, interesting uh, topic, and I thought that uh, folks should uh, get to know you. Um, in a wider context. So um, just tell us a little bit about why you are here at the Adventist Forum Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for allowing this space to to be so authentic yeah. and real and fun. Um, I think that uh, the Spectrum Conference creates a space where um, authenticity and allowing us to ask uh, the deep questions are allowed. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate uh, being here. It was my first time and hopefully I come back again. Yeah, we'd love for and you to. Yeah. So the, the topic this morning was uh, interesting as well uh, in terms of creativity mm -hmm. and uh, art and that in the context of our of our spiritual journey and of our Adventism as well. Um, so I could jump into a little bit about myself. Let me jump in there because you talk about spiritual journey. Yeah. So set that up for us because you um, kind of referenced a pastoral background, but you you speak like a pastor who has met an artist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So tell us how you mix those two things. Yeah, that's that's I had never heard of that way. That's really uh, unique. I um I pastored in the Florida Conference for uh, almost ten years. Okay, wow. Uh, and uh, you know, loved on people, created leadership programs, yeah. vespers, the whole pastoral, youth and young young adult thing. Yeah. And uh, in the middle of that, um, I started to ask deep questions. Uh oh, um, that's dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And uh, in fact, Alex, I started to question my Adventism. Yeah, I started to question my Christianity even, hmm. and it's that's hard to do when you're a spiritual leader. Yeah, it's very hard to do when you're a pastor. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard overall, but when you're the person creating spiritual language for others, that could be that could put you in a little bit of a tough and a pickle. Yeah, and so um, I kind of took a break mm -hmm. from pastoring. Sure, and I stumbled upon this beautiful thing that we call art yeah um and the more i delved into it the more i found the interconnections between art and the story of jesus mm -hmm. and it took me all the way back to genesis 1 1 in the beginning god created yeah it's the fifth word of the beginning of the story. An active verb. An active verb. Then getting to know you, you're, you're a professor. <laughs> so you know you know what we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah. A creator. So we were created to create. We were imagined to imagine. And so that, that gave me back um, 
the the beauty that I had lost in the gospel. Mm. Um, I started to read and investigate on Leonardo da Vinci, mm-hmm. Pablo Picasso, uh, Rembrandt. I even took it to uh, contemporary art with um, John Michel Basquiat oh, and nice. Andy Warhol. Yeah, uh, I went to Milan for a couple of weeks and Florence yeah. to really understand the Renaissance uh-huh. uh, and. Um, uh, the Medici family and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And the interconnections between art being created from the church. Yeah. We really were the ones creating uh, the artistry in the world, mm-hmm. but somehow uh, we lost that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's my work now, trying to reimagine a church and the story of God through the eyes of wonder, beauty, and awe. Nice. I love that. I love that because you're really helping us recover something that's been a part of Christian traditional experience. When you walk into one of those Gothic cathedrals, you are using your eyes to think about and connect with the divine. And you are also supporting a community of artists who uh, connect to God and their community through those actions. So tell us a little bit about... Um, what you kind of do on a, with all this experience, how do you, how does it affect your ministry today? Yeah. So me and a buddy of mine, um, named David, we came up together and created this collaboration, kind of this creative space for other people. It's called innovative minds. And that's kind of the, the practical aspect of what, of what I do and what we do. Uh, we've partnership with the North American division, local churches uh, here at Advent Health, healthcare all around and creating creative language for uh, the culture of the hospital. So town halls, branding, uh, when the CEO, the president is going to give a talk, we're the backdrop in terms of how the employees are looking at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everything begins with the culture sure. uh, uh, of that uh, institution in many ways. So that's in the practical aspect of what I do uh, on the sidelines of innovative minds. The other aspect of that is writing. I write for Spectrum and I also write uh, in my own personal time. So the writing and, of course, speaking is my medium. Yeah. Uh, um, I like to say that I use words to shape galaxies for people. Hmm. And so to kind of step step in their space, they step in my space and we create a journey for 45 minutes. So, so words uh, is my art form. I also work in uh, as a chaplain, spiritual care provider uh, in an ecology unit and the ICU. I have seen God in so many different ways more in a hospital bed than I had in a church. Hmm. In what way? Tell me more. Yeah. And, and thanks for asking. Um, there's something about a human being being in a hospital mm-hmm. that opens up a more sacred moment. Hmm. Is that because they're kind of vulnerable? They're fragile. Yeah. They're open. And they're not questioning whether this, this is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with a health condition that is requiring me to drop down to their most human fear and human level. Uh, the construct of the church uh, it's beautiful as well, but it's in and out. Sure. We sing, we, we hug, it's belonging, it's community. Um, but 
we're not very good with suffering. Yeah. It's we're not, really hard. Yeah. We're, we don't have a theology of suffering. No. We don't have a theology of understanding when people are going through breakups and tears and divorce and separations and the real stuff of life. The real stuff of life, Alex. Yeah. Yes. So in the hospital, there is a theology of suffering. Hmm. There is a theology of pain. There is a, a theology of a doctor coming in in a room and saying, chap, I need you to come with me because I'm about to tell this patient that they have uh, six weeks to live. Wow. So that's what I do as well. And in that, there's also a aesthetic beauty. Mm-hmm. Because those six weeks, that person is trying to put everything in order uh, in their lives sure. to transition. Yeah. And that order requires forgiveness. Yeah. That order requires surrender mm-hmm. uh, and calling upon people that uh, they need to put things in perspective. And so I see the beauty in that as well. Yeah. So that's that's kind of I, I'm, my hands are in all of that as well. Mm-hmm. I speak. Yeah. I travel and uh, I do seminars and all of that. So you talk about words being uh, your medium. Yeah. And um, you use some really interesting words today in your presentation. Um, one of which was uh, talking about the problem of binaries and how it's important to force ourselves to engage um, non-dualistic thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you understand those uh, words, those concepts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Non-dual thinking is a work that I found uh, heavily developed by a, a Franciscan father. His name is Richard Rohr. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know if you've heard uh-huh, of him. I have. Yeah. I've heard him speak. It's yeah. powerful. Oh, man. Well, that that uh, that man literally has shifted in many ways how I approach um, the whole aspect of things. Yeah. Um, and he really breaks it down in, 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 in a better way. But echoing some of that tradition is um, human beings feel more comfortable in thinking in binary ways sure. or forms. So, yeah. you know, up, us versus down. Yeah. yeah. Male female. Male female, black white. God humans. God humans. Yeah, yeah you know, and uh you belong uh you know, you don't. Mm-hmm. We're in, you're out. Yeah. And so it's just kind of this wall mentality. Adventist non-adventist. Adventist non-adventist. <laughs> we I mean, listen, you know, gay straight, yeah. you know. It, it's all these things, you yep. know. And so, you know, non-binary actually makes us feel very comfortable. Mm-hmm, I'm sure. not going to lie. Yeah. You know, it's a very stable way of seeing life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, no disruption. Yeah. Uh, kind of static there. Yeah. It's comfortable. Yeah. Um, but the story of God is one that come comes to disrupt things and challenge us and make us see reality with new eyes. Yeah. And so the idea of non-dual thinking is that there's a third way okay of seeing reality okay okay and it's interesting because um we are a triune uh spiritual path or denomination religion we believe in the trinity yeah and so that's interesting that the trinity is actually three persons very powerful and so it's the idea of there it's it doesn't have to be either or it could be both and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. both and idea really captivates me yeah. because I think that if we start 
having those conversations, mm-hmm. we start we stop demonizing yeah. and dehumanizing sure. and diminishing yeah. the other. Yeah. Whatever that other is yeah. for our listeners and for people. Um, and so, for example, Jesus is near the temple. And they come and they ask him, uh, so should we pay taxes? And it's a trick question. Yeah. Of course, we know that. And Jesus looks at them. And the way he answers is a non-dual way, a yeah. non-dual answer. He says, well, whose face is on the coin? Mm-hmm. Notice that he doesn't use absolutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Notice that he doesn't say yes or no, right or wrong. Very Socratic. Yes, yes. And I think that if we start uh, using that type of language, we can actually create um, more human spaces for people to see the story of God in a more richer way, in a more uh, wider way, in a more deeper way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I am a, I am a, a follower of, 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 of seeing things in a third way dimension. Yeah, I you know, let's um let's drill down on that a little bit because I think that's a great example of Jesus saying, well, whose face is on the coin and what's that doing? It's making people become conscious. Mm. They're they're focused on the object, they're being present with this what is this meaning there? And then I think that's where we get into this non-dualistic thing when we like, okay, there's um well, there's male and female, but then there's folks who don't identify with either of those categories or find themselves identifying with parts of their body, their personality, their attraction that is beyond that. And whenever we're doing that, I think we're getting actually, I may sound too radical, but we're getting closer to the divine mm. because we're actually in a way moving outside of just our human point of view. You know, you had Thoreau in your talk today. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is if, could there be a greater miracle to occur then we on. could look through each other's eyes for an instant? Come on, <laughs> come on. Touch about, talk about heaven touching earth. Yeah, yeah. If we can just step outside into someone else's viewpoint for an instant, that's a miracle. An instant, and an that's instant. the key word. That's, that's the key word. Imago Dei. Yeah. Imago Dei, image of God, image of God, image of God. I see God in you, you see God in me. Mm-hmm. Image and likeness. Yeah. That we are the very print and imprint of the divine. It's in us. We don't have to dehumanize it. We don't have to demonize it as long as we have those lenses of Imago Dei. You know, one of the challenges of the Western church mm-hmm. And now opening the broad uh, within uh, beyond our Adventist lens. Sure. Now looking at Western Christianity, Protestantism, uh, even even um, evangelicalism as yeah. well. Um, part of the problem is that in Western Christianity, um, we saw people as the other. Yeah. And that became uh, something very normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, you know, w- we made a lot of horrible things happen. Oh, well, I mean, the 30 years war, the troubles in Northern Ireland. I mean, our history is actually shockingly full of of fights that we actually, you know, we 
we talk about, oh, we disagree with this denomination or folks within our own denomination, we have a, the actual history of Western Christianity is killing people over yes. this. Yes. And, and, and that was motivated by this, by this idea, mm-hmm. by this creed yeah. that, that we had, that we had to be this nation, this country that was on top of the world. Yeah. In sociology, we call it empire. Mm-hmm. This empire mentality of yeah. us versus them. Um, but the actual gospel doesn't begin that way. The no. creation story doesn't begin saying that the other is bad. Sure. It begins saying and it begins it begins with and God saw that it was good. Yeah. If we begin the the story of creation in the third chapter, we're going to end up where we where we are. Mhm. But if we begin uh the creation story in chapter 1, Mhm through the framework of, and God saw that it was good and good indeed. Mm-hmm. It's, what, it's what King David uh, is singing about in the Psalms when he says, I saw and I couldn't unsee. Hmm. I tasted and I couldn't untaste. What's good, it's good, it's good. Um, and so that's part of the, of the challenges that we have. Now, interestingly enough, in, in, in the Eastern framework of the divine, God is not necessarily something that we believe in. Mm-hmm. God became something that we discover and join and explore yeah. in. Sure. You know? And so I think that uh, uh, it's the only it's it, it's the only game being played in town. Yeah. You know, and so if we move beyond that binary thinking of us versus them, then I, I think we can create a future that co- that can be savable. Yeah. And like Fyodor Dotesky said in The Idiot, the Russian poet and mystic, uh, beauty will save the world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe a final question here as we're wrapping up. I, I love how you just ended that. You have told us a little bit about your journey and you, you know, stepped outside, took some time off, explored. Can't, you clearly have come back and you're working in institutional contexts. What gives you hope? Ooh. Why are you back? Wow. That's, uh, that's such a good question. And it's, and it's personal. Yeah. Uh, because there was a moment there, Alex. Yeah, hopeless. Where, yeah, where it got dark. I think many of us have been there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, it, uh, it got, it got a bit uh, gloomy for me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know if um, I would ever do this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, communicating, writing, breathing. Yeah. And so... Um, I think that what gives me hope and what gave me hope was to see God through the eyes of the beautiful one, the artistic dynamic of the story of the divinity. Hmm. Art really saved me. Hmm. Um, And when I say art, I'm not only thinking about paintings and design and creativity and visuals and music. I'm thinking about the stuff of humans, love, 
belonging, community. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, I was in Michigan, and I was having a, a cup of coffee uh, with a, with a young friend. He gives me hope. Mm, nice. The way he thinks about his life, about his faith journey, his ideas, the things that he wants to do, seeing to his eyes gives me hope. Um, Gen Z, um, uh, the trees, the birds singing, having this conversation with you hmm. gives me hope. Yeah. Because uh, I know that there's human spaces in which my uh, doubtful, fearful, yet hopeful mm-hmm. spirituality can exist in. Yeah. And so um, hope, the beautiful one, the beautiful one keeps calling me into the unknown, into the mystery of this thing that we call life. And, um, and hopefully in those moments I come alive and he touches me and, and I embrace it. And I live it out. So uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but but uh, yeah, uh, beauty gives me hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for taking us on this uh, beautiful and mystical uh, journey. <laughs> I've been called that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, hope we get to chat again sometime. I, I I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I hope that uh, these conversations continue. Yeah, always here at Spectrum, where <laughs> we create community through conversation. All right, well, happy Sabbath, and uh, take care. Shabbat shalom. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget.